This is 10 Things I Like About, a 10-minute, 10-episode podcast about unknown or misunderstood wildlife. Welcome to 10 Things I Like About. This is a podcast about misunderstood or unknown creatures in nature. Some will find right outside our doors, and some are continents away, but all are fascinating. This podcast will focus 10 10-minute episodes on different animals and their amazing characteristics. Please join me on this extraordinary journey. You won't regret it. This episode continues pangolins. And my fourth favorite thing about pangolins is baby pangolins. So let's talk reproduction. Now much of the information that follows is based on pangolins and rehabilitation facilities that have had success in keeping pangolins alive in captivity and healthy enough to breed. Whether this information evolves as more studies are done with pangolins in the wild, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, we'll talk about what we have learned so far. From reports of behaviors observed in the wild, pangolins are solitary animals. Most information indicates that they live separate lives with males and females encountering each other only during breeding season. Many solitary animals have territories that they roam and defend. This is also true of pangolins. Male territories will often overlap with females, so they are near each other during breeding season. Pangolins will communicate territory boundaries with scent marking, and this is also how females advertise when they are in estrus, which means they're ready to mate. This is also how they avoid each other outside of mating season. If they smell the scent of another individual, they can alter their path to successfully avoid the other pangolin. Mating season seems to vary greatly between species and may be dependent on the habitat in which they live and the availability of food within that habitat. The Indian pangolin, which lives in a semi-barren desert region, appears to have a breeding season between July and October. Males have been seen fighting for female attention. The winner of the fight typically gets picked by the female to breed. The mating period seems to last three to five days, during which the male will stay in the same burrow with the female. Now, this deviates strongly from the solitary day-to-day -day life of the pangolin outside of breeding season. And only a few reports of this behavior exists in one species of pangolin, so this may not be typical of all individuals or all species. The Chinese pangolin's mating season appears to occur from autumn to early spring. Not much else is really known about this pangolin's mating habits. The African tree pangolins that favor tropical forests throughout Central Africa are believed to reproduce at any time of the year. And just like the Chinese pangolin, very little is known about their mating habits. The African ground pangolin's breeding season occurs from May to July, which is the dry season in the African regions they are found. Males compete with each other for the ability to mate with females. Males will mate with multiple females, but we have no idea how many males a female chooses to mate with. Not much is known about courtship behaviors, but a few sources indicate that in the ground pangolin, males will fight each other using their claws and tails while a female watches, and she will mate with the winner. In the Malayan or Sunda pangolin, 
Sparring between males has also been observed during the breeding season, which may take place throughout the year. The long-tailed pangolin, an African species found in tropical forests, may breed anytime during the year. We know very little about the reproductive habits of the giant pangolin and the Philippine pangolin. Currently, scientists are basing educated guesses about their behavior on similar pangolins, such as the ground pangolin and the Sunda pangolin. Once breeding season has begun and the male and female have found each other, they will face each other, stand up on their hind feet, and twine their tails together when ready to perform the physical act of mating. This behavior has only been described for one of the arboreal tree pangolins and may only reflect their behavior. Terrestrial pangolins may differ in behavior. After fertilization has occurred, gestation of the fetus can range from 80 to 160 days, depending on the species. Once again, these are based on reports of a few successful births in captivity and may not reflect true gestation periods. Now, some of you may wonder why I have cautioned twice about information gathered from captive individuals being uncharacteristic of wild populations. This is an excellent question. Through studies of wolves, we have discovered that behavior in captivity is often not the same as behavior in the wild and can even be greatly altered through the stress of captive living. For decades, we believed wolves had a strict hierarchical societal structure based on dominance within their packs, consisting of an alpha, beta, and an omega. Each wolf had a place somewhere within that dominant structure. We based everything we knew about wolves on this system. Until, one day, some scientists began filming wild packs of wolves and saw something completely different. In the wild, without the pressure and constraints of captive life, the wolves' social structure was far more relaxed and flexible than we thought based on our studies of captive wolves. So when studying captive animal behavior, we must remember that it could be quite different from how the animal behaves in the wild. Back to our pangolins. Offspring, called pups or pango pups, that one's my favorite, are born small, approximately six inches long with a weight of 12 ounces and with soft white scales. Typically, females only bear one pup at a time, but sightings of two pango pups have been reported by hunters in the wild. For about the first four weeks, mother and baby will remain in their nest, typically a hollow in a tree or a burrow dug in the ground, depending on the species of pangolin. The pup will nurse from two mammary glands that the female has. Within a few days, the pup's scales will harden and darken in color to match the adult color. After four weeks, the baby will venture out of the nest by holding onto the base of mom's tail. This does seem to be the preferred mode of transportation across all species of pangolin, and I encourage you to search the internet for a picture right now, because it is really one of the most adorable things you're ever going to see. The pango pup is capable of walking on their own by the first time they venture out of the nest, but this form of transportation may be a safe way for the pup to interact with the world. It's also a great way for mom to keep tabs on her pup. 
If the mother senses danger, she will curl into a ball with her baby snuggled up inside next to her belly, leaving only her tough outer scales exposed. When the pup first ventures into the world, he or she will still be drinking mother's milk, but they will quickly begin to sample the ants and termites that mom is also eating. Pango pups seem to stay with their mother from four months to a year before venturing off on their own. Some sources say the pups remain with mom for up to two years, but this is one of those behaviors that will require more research to determine what length is actually true for each individual species. At the recording of this podcast, there is only one documented successful breeding program of captive pangolins. This program only involved the Sunda pangolin. Pangolins confiscated by law enforcement from illegal poachers were housed in a facility in China, fed a specialized insect-heavy diet, and were introduced to the opposite sex at the appropriate times during the year. This program was able to breed pangolins through three generations, with the first generation being the confiscated individuals. This is the only time that captive-born pangolins have lived long enough and been healthy enough to grow to adulthood and reproduce again later themselves. Overall, they were able to successfully breed 49 Sunda pangolins within five years. This is a great step forward in pangolin conservation. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion of pango pups, because they are my fourth favorite thing about pangolins. Please visit SavePangolins.org to find out more about pangolins and discover what you can do to save this unique animal. To help the African Cape pangolin, visit the Rare and Endangered Species Trust at RestNamibia.org. And to learn more about Asian pangolins and help the Sunda and Chinese pangolin, visit Save Vietnam's Wildlife at svw.vn. Join me next week for another 10-minute podcast focusing on another thing I like about pangolins. This has been an episode of 10 Things I Like About with Kirsten and Company. Original music written and performed by Catherine Camp, piano extraordinaire.